When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Sports card collections are flying off the shelves in this growing competitive market, which is why I have an opportunity for you. Check out the Break Junkies on Instagram at the Break Junkies, partnered with Sports Card Media at SportsCardMania305 or SportsCardMania.net. Find a variety of box collections with all the top brands such as Panini, Tops, Prism, and more for every sport. They even have a large assortment of Pokemon packs and Funko Pops. Every stream has giveaways and affordable breaks when you watch the Break Junkies on Instagram. So give them a follow at the Break Junkies and inquire about their inventory today when you go to sportscardmania.net, the number one source for your collection. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. This has been insane. It's been insane. The last two days have been insane. Oh, welcome in, MD Nation, by the way, to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So today is our kickoff of Season 4. And it, it was, it's a great kickoff for a number of reasons. We're on BellyUp.TV now. We're on Roku. That's all live along with all of our social media and YouTube. Please subscribe to that. We're always available to you after the show on your favorite podcast app. Catch all the content. This is the kickoff of season four. Now, did we take a break? No, we didn't. That's because the last month or so, we've been recapping 2021. From this moment on, we are looking forward from 2022 and beyond. That's what makes this kickoff to season four. And today was supposed to be the coaching changes fantasy impact. And I know I I marketed that all week long, promoted it for you guys, was really looking forward to it. But we could not ignore what happened yesterday and then again early today because we had the Colts trading away Carson Wentz, which is why I wanted to bring in Adam LaRue, who's going to be our special guest here today. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm super stoked <laughs> that uh, Aaron, uh, Carson's gone, and I'm super stoked to uh, talk to you today. 
<laughs> I'm glad to have you on. We are going to talk about that trade, but that's going to be in the second half of the show. I want to keep the people wanting some more. We got to talk about Aaron Rodgers right off the bat. This man, this man made us wait almost an entire year to do nothing, to stay exactly <laughs> where he was the entire time and get paid like a monster in the process. Aaron, to you, I say this. To be clear, I'm not booing the talent. I'm not booing the fact that he got paid. I'm not booing even the fact that the Packers arguably could be a good spot for him to quote-unquote win a Super Bowl, even though it hasn't happened in 11 years. I am just mad that we were waiting on pins and needles for him to make a huge splash and turn the NFL world upside down. And my initial reaction yesterday when Aaron Rodgers, and I, yeah, it feels like it was a lifetime ago. I had to remind myself it was even yesterday. When Aaron Rodgers decided to stay with Green Bay, it was that, oops, Nathaniel Hackett, you're a one and done. Five seconds later, <laughs> Russell Wilson gets traded to the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about that in a second. But let's go back to Aaron Rodgers. So, Adam, I got two questions for you. One is, do you think the Green Bay Packers will actually add another weapon besides Devontae Adams to open up the arsenal for Aaron Rodgers now that they're going to be keeping him? And then the second question is, was the Green Bay Packers the best spot for him to go to to try to win a Super Bowl? <laughs> Those are great questions. Uh, uh, as far as that first one goes, man, it really depends because I think Aaron would not have stayed had there not been some talks on bringing in a new weapon for him. Uh, again, you know, I don't think that he would have came back if that wasn't going to be the case. However, I mean, they've got cap problems. And I know we've seen recently um, that the cap may or may not be real. <laughs> uh, there's a, a million ways around it uh, as of right now. Um, but one, they do have those problems. And two, their defense is going to be a much bigger priority to me than their offense. Uh, they've already have a top offense. I, Aaron doesn't really seem to need extra weapons. Obviously, they'd be great. The offense would be even better. There's no discounting that. Um, but when you've already got a top offense, your defense is causing you problems, especially once you get into the playoffs. Uh, you know, you have to weigh how do we fix both issues. Uh, and I, I don't know if the, the offensive one really wins out. Now, they have to address defense in a real way, um, not drafting Eric Stokes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, it's they've got to figure defense out first and then get to offense. Um, and, and, you know, again, with the problems they have on money, I don't know how they're going to do that. Uh and as far as best place to win a championship, you know, I was one of those people that was like, man, Pittsburgh or Denver, uh, both seemed better options to me, especially Denver. Um, but I mean, I get it. He wants to stay in the same place his entire career. He's been talking about, you know, all of last season. Now he's like, man, it'd be really cool if that was the case. But, you know, it's looking kind of iffy. He got what he wanted. He got the money. He gets to stay in Green Bay. Makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, look, there was both sides of that argument. I'm with you. The Green Bay Packers, to me, were not the best place for him to go to be a Super Bowl-winning contender. Mm -hmm. I understand the argument out there that, well, the NFC is going to be really weak now. The AFC is fully loaded, in particular the AFC West. Yes, that's all good. That's all good. But even if Green Bay has an easier path to get to the Super Bowl, 
they're going to probably get destroyed by whoever they play in the AFC, the way this thing sets up right now. I'm with you. I thought Denver made the most sense if he truly wanted to go to a Super Bowl. Pittsburgh, I knew they weren't going to be able to pay him the money that he was going to wind up getting one way or another. So I didn't think Pittsburgh was really ever going to be an option. I didn't think Tennessee was ever really going to be an option. I thought it was either going to be he was going to stay in Green Bay or he's going to go to Denver. He winds up staying in Green Bay. You mentioned the cap room. They still Now, they franchise tag Devontae Adams. That's a big deal. They got to get that contract extension done now. We don't know what that's going to look like. I don't think they can afford to go into the season with Devontae Adams on the franchise tag, so I do believe he will get a big deal done, which I guess will off- offer dynasty owners some solidarity in the fact that you're going to have Aaron Rodgers and you're going to have Devontae Adams and you're going to be fine for probably the next, I would say, two to three seasons at least with those two guys maintaining their fantasy value. That was the, I mean, that's honestly, this is the fantasy football show. That was the one crazy thing about this whole scenario is that now the fantasy football value didn't really change. It doesn't change at all. Other than you now know what to expect. I would like, I would say for the next two, three seasons, at at least with these guys, but with Adams, we had the contract extension. What are you going to be able to address? They reworked Aaron Jones. Fine. That only freed up a couple of million dollars. You still need to bring guys like Robert Tanyan back into the fold. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. And I think this is going to be a situation where this is the same Green Bay Packer team you've seen over the past couple of years. Could they draft a weapon in the first round? They could. They haven't done it. They continue not to do it. They could do it. But even then, to depend on a rookie wide receiver, I know they've been playing great as of late, but to depend on a rookie wide receiver to be that X factor next to Devontae Adams to make them not so predictable in the playoffs is a lot to ask and a lot to expect. I just think it's really, really interesting. He stays there. He gets paid. But at the end of the day, I think both NFL and fantasy-wise, nothing changes with this move. I mean, am I wrong? Uh, The only thing that really pops off to me that we haven't really discussed, um, this is a massive win for the other Aaron, for Aaron Jones, who you just mentioned. Uh, I was very concerned about his value if he did leave. If this was the Jordan Love show, I mean, to me, that would have made it also the A.J. Dillon show. Uh, They would have probably gone young at that position again. And, you know, you hate kind of having that running back. They probably would have went full rebuild. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And... Aaron Jones, either A, would have been kind of an afterthought, maybe a little bit of like a receiving back, an expensive one at that. Um, or they would have tried to ship him off somewhere. And you kind of really never want to count on uh, backs moving, especially in Dynasty. So it would have just been a really funky situation for him, of him kind of being in a flux. Uh, so for me, this was like a massive relief uh, for if you have Aaron Jones, um, that you know he's going to maintain value. Because at the very least, I mean, right now, he might be their second or third best receiver. <laughs> Well, yeah, I agreed. You're you're dead on the money there with the Aaron Jones taking the AJ Dillon take. That also stays status quo moving forward for the next two or three seasons. If you have Aaron Jones, I still believe he's going to be the guy who gets a few more carries than AJ Dillon, but he'll definitely be more involved in the passing game. We saw it despite all the storylines about well, AJ Dillon can actually catch the ball too. It never really came to fruition on a consistent basis. Jones is the lead guy. I think when he's healthy. He'll get a few extra carries, and A.J. Dillon will maybe not in the fourth quarter when they're closing out games, but he'll also offset that with the fact that he'll be involved in the passing game. And because we laid out to the contract situation, I don't know that Green Bay gets any better or or has anybody else to take away targets from those guys. So crazy story. Finally, I'm just thankful. That story, I'm thankful, is over. 
I'm thankful that is over because I can't. T- I couldn't take the where will Aaron Rodgers go talk anymore. I'm glad it's over from that standpoint. So then we followed that up, and I was I was feeling really bad about for for Cortland Sutton. I was feeling bad for Jerry Judy. I was feeling bad for all those guys. I'm like, oh, we're so close to the all these Denver young stars ready to pop off. I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett. I'm like, Denver, I told you we didn't get Aaron Rodgers. Huge mistake to hire Nathaniel Hackett. Like I said, five seconds later, Russell Wilson then gets traded to Denver. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, and Drew Locke. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Seattle side of that trade after we get into the Russell Wilson and Denver side of it all. First and foremost, big headliner, big narrative, fantasy football perspective. Does this boost Russell Wilson's value? That's a tough one. Russell Wilson's value is kind of the the value that to me has been lost in the shuffle of all of this, right? Um, but man, from a a dynasty perspective, especially, I think it does. And honestly, yeah, even redraft, just because I think this is an offense where passing is going to be a bit more of a priority. Uh, you know, it, it had been almost like a I don't know, like they really wanted to establish the run and then they would kind of bring in Russ when either games got weird or, um, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I do think this is an offense where everyone is going to be on the same page, right? Because Carol, Carol wanted the running. Then obviously Russ got his wish, got his OC, who was more of a passing guy. Um, but they weren't on the same page identity-wise. Um, and now I think that will be all, like everyone in the building is all in. We're going to let Russ do his thing. Like that is top to bottom what's happening. Uh, and I think that'll benefit Russ for sure. So you're more confident than I am. I, I think ideally that's the scenario that they're going in with this. But remember who Nathaniel Hackett is. He's the run game coordinator, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Previous to that, he was with Jacksonville, where all they did was run the football with Leonard Fournette. Previous to that, he comes from a long line of offensive linemen and run game coordinator positions. He's been all about the run. Now, if you look back at his numbers to Jacksonville when they had Blake Burles at quarterback, he still threw the ball and had a little more pace than what Seattle did last year. So I do think it'll be better from that standpoint. But I do question a little bit of how how wide open is this offense truly going to be? Now, maybe if you want to make the argument that because of what they just gave up in this trade, that they have to now justify that he's going to have to be a little bit more pass happy. I still think that remains to be seen, though. That's going to be one of my questions. It's one of the things I was actually going to talk about today with Nathaniel Hackett going to Denver. We'll have the Coaches Changes Fantasy Impact episode in a couple of weeks because next week's going to be free agency. So it's going to have to get postponed for a couple of weeks. But I do think that's a bit of a question mark. Overall, though, Denver is still a better offense as a whole than Seattle. So for no other reason than that, I do think it does help the value of a Russell Wilson for 2022 and beyond. Cortland Sutton's a great weapon. You have Jerry Judy's a great weapon. You have Javante Williams, which I think is pretty much the icing on the cake for me. And although the offensive line is not great, it's still better than Seattle's offensive line. It's more weapons than what he had in Seattle. I know he has Lockett. I know he had Metcalf, but he had a a part-time player in Chris Carson, frankly, because of his injuries. Rashad Penny was a zero until the fantasy playoffs last year. So I do think this is a better situation and a good situation for years to come because of how good those weapons are. So I do think it does help him out a little bit. 
And anything has to be better than last year because Russell Wilson was QB 16 last year. He came in 11th on my consistency grade. And he only finished inside the top 12, 54% of the time. It, it, you draft this guy, normally speaking, as at least a top six guy. Most people as a top five guy. I think there's a good chance he gets back to that point next year. And maybe best ball redraft, you can get him out of value in these upcoming drafts. Although, I don't know. There might be a lot of hype with the trade now. Maybe that won't be so much the case. But when you look at it, does him going to Denver cover the fact that the last three seasons in a row, Russell Wilson starts off the first six weeks great and then cools off in a big, big way. Is that Seattle or is that Russell Wilson? What do you think, Adam? That is kind of like the biggest, the scariest part of this move in general, right? Is uh, this is obviously a play to make Denver a Super Bowl contender. That's what this is. Uh, so obviously, if the quarterback starts falling off come, you know, November, December, and then into January, that's a massive problem. Uh, and I, I, man, it's really hard to tell if that's a Seattle problem or if that's a Russell Wilson problem. And, you know, as far as weather or climate or anything like that goes, I mean, you're just trading wind for snow. I mean, it's it's not like you're getting, you know. It doesn't get any better. Yeah. No, <laughs> that hasn't changed. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's that to me is the biggest concern of this whole thing. Uh, that's the way that this could possibly blow up in Denver's face, as if Russell Wilson just has a bunch of hot starts like he's had been having the last couple of years, and it just falls off. Uh, obviously, this past season, that was because of injury, um, but that was not the case the two seasons before that. Um, I mean, notably, uh, what was it, three years ago, he was, uh, first half of the season, he was an MVP candidate. I mean, straight yeah. up, like, potentially a front runner, and yep. fell off. Uh, that's got to be the concern if you're Denver here. It'll be it was, One thing I will say that will be, you can kind of put in the boost Russell Wilson passing volume category throughout the year is that division it's the AFC West. You're playing the chargers. You're playing the Raiders. You're playing the chiefs. That's a lot of offensive firepower. Now Denver's defense is pretty good, especially if they're going to have an offense that allows them not have to be on the field. 90% of the game. I think that'll go a long way, but they're going to be in some shootout games throughout the year. I do think that'll kind of go to a nice little check mark as far as we want to boost the value of a Russell Wilson for the fantasy value. But let's talk about those wide receivers. So Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Now Judy was fantasy irrelevant more due to injury than anything else, but I don't know that he would have been fantasy relevant even if he had been on the field. Cortland Sutton comes back from his ACL. Good news on him is that he was able to stay pretty healthy throughout the entire season. Outside of that, I mean, he was gone, disappeared. Now, to no fault of his own, the quarterback play was beyond subpar. A little bit surprising because Teddy Bridgewater was able to keep Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore a bit fantasy relevant the year before. I would thought he'd be able to do the same thing for Cortland Sutton, but apparently Tim Patrick was his more favorite wide receiver for whatever reason. At least Sutton is an ACL injury removed. He's a year removed from that injury now. So now you got him. You got Judy. You're still going to have Alberto. You're still going to have Javante. You're still going to have Tim Patrick. Obviously, Russell Wilson boosts their value. That's not the question. The question is, how valuable are they? Is Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy now prime breakout candidates where they can become top-level wide receiver twos, maybe even low-end wide receiver ones, or is there still too much 
target share to go around in Denver for them to really have that high of a ceiling, but just be fantasy relevant. I think they can make it there, uh, especially uh, Judy, just being the younger guy that it's, you know, just, um, I don't know, like the fits the mold of a breakout candidate really, really well. Um, you know, rookie season was getting a ton of targets, was had a little bit of a drop problem, but was running great routes. One of the best route runners in the league, um, you know, again, getting heavily targeted. That's always a good sign. You know, an injury ridden riddled uh, second year, third year. This could be the time uh, for Judy. Um, Sutton, I like it again, like you said, coming a year off of that injury. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, Albert, oh, obviously a massive winner of this trade, losing Fant, kind of getting the tight end room to himself. He's one who I definitely see rising in value really, really well. Um, as far as you know, their previous value to where they're at now, he might be the biggest riser, just again, in change. Um, but yeah, I, How I think they all... go on him real quick. Dynasty, do you do you look at because he's a very athletic guy? We know that, but he's still a little bit raw. But he was starting to come along towards the second half of last year. He was actually starting to steal t- playing time from Noah Fant. Are you like in Dynasty leagues? Are you going to trade a if you really need a tight end? Are you going to give up a, a second or third round rookie draft pick for him this year in in redraft leagues in 2022? Are you going to draft him as a sleeper tight end to, to make your top 12? Yeah, to make top 12, absolutely. I, I think so. Uh, I, I'm willing to take the risk on that one of a guy who doesn't have, you know, a ton of previous production, but has all the traits that I need. And when he was on the field, he demanded the ball. He wasn't on the field a ton just because of what was in front of him and because there were a ton of other fantastic targets there. But when he was on the field, he got the ball a pretty decent amount of the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, ri- a risk that I'm willing to take. You know, if you get excluded from that top tier of tight ends, the tight ends that you can bank on, he's one of the, you say in that second or third tier where it's the riskier guys uh, who you're trying to just get back into the tight end one conversation. He's one of the ones where that's the a bet that I like more than some of these other guys. Yeah, I don't know exactly where I'm going to have him projected yet. I can tell you this. He will be one of my sleeper tight ends that are hovering around that bottom tight end one, high end tight end two territory, who is going to be somebody that has potential that I'll be looking at, especially in best ball and redraft leagues. And even dynasty leagues, it, that one's a little bit harder because of his his raw ability. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in somebody at some point who's a little bit of a better blocker and that might steal some snaps from him. Maybe it creates a Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett situation that happened with the Rams. I would be a little bit concerned with that. But if I need a tight end and I'm willing, and I'm able to get him for a second round rookie pick, especially in this year's draft, I think I might pull the trigger. Now, it, everything's relative as far as what you need and where you're at and all that stuff. But you're not going to find any tight ends in this in this year's draft class that are really worth a damn, I, I think, at least. Not, not, not ones that are going to change your game. Outside of wide receivers, no other position, for a fantasy-relevant team anyway, it has depth heading into this NFL draft. So that's where I might be willing to go that route because this guy's going to have potential. Wilson has shown in the past, if he has a tight end he trusts, he'll give him the ball. And I'm not so worried about you know, having Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy there all the time. He's a mismatch if he can have his game come together. This will be his second year, correct? Second year? It was third. It was Alvaro's third year. Should have looked Somewhere up in there. Early. Somewhere in there. But he, he'll, be, he'll be working towards that breakout age for tight ends as well. And mm-hmm. that's where I want to hit that pop before that exactly happens. So, yeah, Albert, oh, very, very, very sneaky guy. 
so Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you think they're going to be able to hit that that top end range? It could be that breakout range. I agree with you. Look, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, not exactly. so different from these two. Both those guys were able to be highly productive wide receivers. We'll, we'll exclude last year, but both were able to be highly productive wide receivers with Russell Wilson. Now, I know part of that is because the target was share was consolidated around the two of those guys, but I don't think the presence of a Tim Patrick is going to be enough. Albert O, Javante Williams. And like we've said, I do expect Denver, maybe not to a huge degree, but definitely th- be throwing the ball significantly more than Seattle did, or at the very least, have a higher pace to their play to allow for more value volume too. So I'm with you on, I think these guys are not just fantasy relevant. Now I think they could be fantasy superstars pretty soon and live up to the talent that they in fact have. What about this other than Williams impact or not other than what is Williams impact with Russell Wilson? Williams is still such a uh, toss up because it's all about Melvin. It's all about Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, I hesitate to want a back that's stuck in a committee like that, especially when both backs are good. And we know if they're both there that, you know, one's not going to come out in front of the other. Right. Um, so in some other situations, including one that we'll talk about, I think that there's a chance where one could take it from the other. Um, this is one where if Gordon does get re-signed, that makes it a, a pretty weird thing. However, uh, I don't know. Does the Russell Wilson trade really, you know, change that? You know, do we want to bring Gordon back or not? Uh, I don't know. It's a difficult situation. However, if Williams does get the workload to himself, I mean, he's a bona fide RB1. There's just no question about it. Uh, It it would be incredible to have on an offense that's going to be very, very good. If he was to get an RB1 workload, he would be a fantasy RB1. I mean, yeah, that's where I was. I was looking at this from the perspective of they don't re-sign Melvin Gordon either way, whether they had Russell Wilson or did it. What happens to Javante Williams if they do not sign Melvin Gordon? And for me, it was I think he would be in the conversation of a low end RB1, high end RB2 with Russell Wilson. He is without a doubt at RB1 because of how much better that offense will be and how much more positions they will be in to score. That would be the big thing. With Gordon, that's all going to come down to what Melvin Gordon thinks he can get as far as a payday goes. And you've got to figure this is probably his last payday. So if he thinks he can get more money by hitting the open market, that's what he's going to do unless the Broncos offer him a very fair market deal, which I have a hard time believing that they would after you bring in a Russell Wilson and you have a Javante Williams already. I have a hard time believing that they're going to unless he's taking a hometown discount. Now, maybe he looks at the situation and says, hey, I got a chance to win a Super Bowl here, so I will take a hometown discount to stay. That maybe is in the cards, but I think Gordon's looking at this as his last chance to get paid by anybody. So I would be a little bit surprised if they brought Melvin Gordon back, like I said, unless he just decided he wanted to try to win a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. Let's tackle, we'll tackle some of the Seattle side here before the break. Let's talk about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Lockett in particular, they just signed that extension not that long ago, but there's talks that maybe Seattle would look to trade him. Here's my one thing, though, and why I, I I hope it does happen for Tyler Lockett's sake, but I don't think it will. He would still be a $30 million cap it if they trade him. They really do not save much money by trading him because of how early on in this contract extension he has. 
is hard for me to imagine they'll take a team that a will either take that money or get fair compensation back from him. But what do you think about Tyler Lockett? What if he stays? What happens? Or and do you think he has a shot to get traded? I think if I think if he stays, he might be the biggest loser of all of this. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I really do. So I do hope he gets traded. I think that there is a chance. Uh, obviously, today we saw a trade where uh, the everything was taken. Uh, obviously, that's not the norm. Um, but Lockett is the type of player that a team would be willing to do that for. I think, uh, especially a contender, especially in the arms race that's happening over in the AFC. Uh, where, where you need a great quarterback and you need to surround said great quarterback with great weapons to compete with what Mahomes has, with what Burrow has, with what Allen has, with what all these guys have. Um, you know, I, I think a team would be willing to make that move, especially, you know, I don't think it's going to happen soon, but maybe wait until after, um, you know, a- after some of these top end uh, free agent wide receivers get left. And it's like, all right, well, <laughs> this is our last option. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, the league year would have started. So some of that money would still get tanked, but all future guarantees a team could still presumably take over. Um, so that to me is what makes the most sense is that they would take a bit of a hit cap wise this year, but later down the line, another team could take that over. Um, but that is always kind of hard to pull off, isn't it? Because if you're if your team trading for Tyler Lockett, we have to think about it from that scenario. If you're trading for Tyler Lockett, you have to be a competing now team. You're not trading for a guy who's approaching 30 if you're rebuilding or if you're on the fence, especially with so many wide receivers being available in the upcoming NFL draft and just in general for the next few years. The crop of wide receivers is getting stronger as they get younger because that's just what younger, more athletic players are playing nowadays. It's quarterback and it's wide receiver. That's where the money is. That's where all the glory is in the NFL. That's what they're playing. So to trade for Tyler Lockett, it has to be a team that, one, has a decent amount of cap room or Lockett is willing to, you know, change his con- restructure his contract completely and is competing. I don't see too many options out there where that really winds up coming to fruition where teams being in that kind of position are going to trade for Tyler Lockett. Most I'm not sure what happened here, but can you still hear me, Adam? Yeah, I can. I can still hear you. You're just not here anymore. (laughs) I'll finish this thought. We'll go to break and see if I can fix whatever is going on with the camera. Most teams that have uh, their position to make the playoffs have their weapons in place. The only team I could even think of would be the Raiders. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And I don't know if that's a move that Josh McDaniels 
coming from the Patriot line, deals that don't typically do, would actually make. And that's the only one I could even think of. But we're taking a quick break, trying to figure out this issue. When we come back on the other side, we'll finish up talking about the Seattle side of things from a fantasy impact and then get into the Carson Wentz Colts trade. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Exciting news just came across from our friends at Manscaped. They just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0. By going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BILLYUPFANTASY. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it was worth the wait. Inside this package, you'll find our Lawmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year, so treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. And we are back, MD Nation, on the MD's Fantasy Football Show, live on Belly Up TV and on the Belly Up Sports Channel on your Roku devices. Check us out after the show on your favorite pod streaming app. And make sure you tune back in Thursday, Friday on Burns Radio, B-R-R-N-S, on TikiLive.com slash channel slash Burns. We're live Thursday and Friday from 4 p.m. at 4 p.m. And, of course, you can always find us on YouTube when you subscribe to our channel. I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm joined here with my esteemed guest, Mr. Adam LaRue, who is one of the hosts of the Belly Up Fantasy Live Football Edition. So we'll be very excited to see that coming back soon. They've been doing a Dynasty version of it so far on Sundays, but the regular programming will be back probably within the next few weeks. I would imagine Adam will let us know more about that at the end of the show. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, all the impacts those make. We're going to get into Carson Wentz news soon. Just before we went to break and my camera decided to shut off on me, we were talking about Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf, and we're both on board with the idea that in order for Lockett's fantasy value to be saved, he really needs to get traded. And there's some scenarios where that could happen, but limited. If he stays with Seattle and you have Tyler Lockett in a dynasty league, what do you do? Do you sell him off as much as you possibly can or just hold down the fort and hope and pray that you only have to deal with a year of Seattle probably not having a very good quarterback? I think you have to hold for a second. Um, You have to hold until there's some kind of of hype, essentially. Uh, I don't think you can immediately dump him off because nobody's going to get excited about Drew Locke, right? But quite frankly, if Drew Locke is the starting quarterback for, for all season long, uh, Seattle's going to have a pretty solid draft pick, which means an opportunity to get a rookie that people will get excited about. And that's a time when people will be really interested in getting pieces of the Seattle offense. Um, so to me, if Lockett doesn't go somewhere, you're kind of stuck because he's not the type of talent you want to sell low on. Um, and I, 
while he's kind of up there in years, I do think he has a couple years left of productivity. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I think you would probably want to hold and hope and pray that they go get someone at the top of the next draft class, or that they bring someone in, or or what have you. Yeah, it, it's a tough situation if you have Tyler Lockett right now, and going into next year. Uh, he might be the next T.Y. Hilton, a guy who used to be good and just isn't anymore. That, that's, that might be who he's turning towards. My big thing of why I think Tyler Lockett is, is kind of screwed in this pattern no matter what is because whoever does wind up being the quarterback, whether it's, it's – I don't think it's going to be Drew Locke. I really don't think he's going to be a starter. I, I, it might be Geno Smith, for all I know, or some other bridge quarterback that they bring in. But whoever it winds up being, it's more likely that D.K. Metcalf will be their number one look. Now, my first initial thought when this all went down was, is there any way they can trade DK Metcalf? Or is there any way that they would trade DK Metcalf? Unless they're blown away by some crazy offer, I don't see them doing that because you still have him on a rookie deal, and he's going to be one of your pieces that you're trying to rebuild with moving forward. He's one of the few young offensive pieces they actually have. Everybody else is kind of aging out over there in Seattle and getting paid. So DK Metcalf, I think, is going to be there to stay unless it gets totally blown away from blown away with an offer. Metcalf, while obviously it takes a hit 2022 and immediately in Dynasty, are you really that worried long term? No, I'm really not, to be honest with you. And even honestly, for Metcalf's sake and Metcalf's sake alone, I don't want to see it happen for anyone else. I don't want to watch it happen. Locke might not be that bad for Metcalf for the single reason that he is one of, not good at it, but he is very (laughs) intense on throwing the ball deep as much as possible. And given the, you know, what DK is able to do, he might be able to hang on to a handful of them. Uh, To be honest with you, I think that Locke might be the ideal person for Metcalf and Metcalf alone. Uh, heading yeah. into 2022 of what's currently on the roster, obviously. Right. Um, they're, they're, uh, you know, had, but Gino maybe with Metcalf would not be the best. Jacob Eason, God forbid, would not be the best with Metcalf. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, for him and him alone, I actually think Locke might not be that, that bad. He would get targeted. Yeah. Cortland Sutton was actually the lead target when Drew Locke played. That's the only time he was the lead targeted guy. So I get what you're saying from that standpoint. If it was Locke, Metcalf might be okay, and at least in the fact that he'll get the volume and opportunities to make big plays. Now, it's still going to be wildly inconsistent because it is Drew Locke. And if you thought things were bad last year, DK Metcalf was already 30th in my consistency grade from last year. It could be even more Jekyll and Hyde from that finish with 18th. He finished 18th in points per game at the wide receiver position. He's going to take a hit in 2022, but I'm with you long-term. I'm not that concerned. I shouldn't say that. On a scale of 10, I would say my concern level is probably at a four. Less than than five. The only reason it's even up to a four is because there is the chance that Seattle, frankly, just never gets another good quarterback, and DK Metcalf doesn't get to play with another one until he gets to leave there. That's the scenario. We've seen that time and time again. Franchises not be able to get another good quarterback for a long time after they've had one. That is quite possible. But I overall, I believe in his talent. And as long as they get a competent one, I do think DK Metcalf will be a guy who can threaten to be a top 12 receiver any given year. Will it be 2022? 
not unless Seattle pulls off something we're not seeing on the board right now. But I do think dynasty-wise, I'm not overall that concerned about it. So where we wrap up this trade analysis would be with Noah Fant. Poor, poor, poor Noah Fant. I felt so bad for him when this trade went down because my immediate thought was Denver finally gets a quarterback and you are the player. You are the offensive young star that they decided to ship off. Not that they ship you off to Seattle, who no longer has a quarterback, but they decided, you know what? Your buddy Drew Locke, who never throws you the ball, is going to follow you over there with a possibility to compete. You already got screwed last year from subpar quarterback play your entire career up until this point. You were losing targets to Albert O on top of all of it, not to mention the target share that you already had in place with all of the other wide receivers. This guy can't catch a break. He was one of my busts heading into last year. One of the, I'll say this, one of the few calls I got right, because there were some there were some I was not right on, but that one I was right on. 18th of my consistency grade, wasn't a top 12 tight end. I don't know that he, it gets any better for him in Seattle. They got Gerald Everett. How is he different than Albert O? Is he actually going to be able to be the guy at the tight end spot there in Seattle combined with more subpar quarterback play combined with Pete Carroll, who we all know wants to run the ball even more. And now he'll have every opportunity to do so because he won't have a Russell Wilson to make his case. I feel so bad for you, Noah Fan. What do you think about Noah Fan, Adam? Is there any hope? Not really. Uh, I think the the <laughs> the best positive message that I can give to Noah Fant is that there's a chance he's like the third receiving weapon instead of the fourth now. <laughs> like that might be the the upside here. Um, is that that he's like Maybe a firm they trade third? Lock and he could be the second potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So like th- there's that. Now, did the quality <laughs> of passes drop? Not from Denver, really. Uh, from no. what he could have had if he stayed. Yeah. But. So I don't know. I, I It's one of those things where on one hand, things have certainly not improved. But on the other hand, from a dynasty perspective, the dip might be bigger than really what has gotten worse. Because to me, nothing really changed for him. Uh, unfortunately, things got a lot better for all of his former teammates. But his situation, slightly worse, maybe about the same, really, for the most part. So if there's a dip on him, might be interesting because the long-term talent to me is still there. Uh, obviously, this year, no. Redraft, no. <laughs> you poor, 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 poor Noah fan. Cannot catch a break at all. All right. Let's get to what Adam's waiting for to talk about. That's the Carson Wentz deal. Finally got the details on that deal. So, Washington Commanders, I got to get used to saying that name. The Washington Commanders send out... Uh, this year's second round pick and third round pick. Also, next year's third round pick. In return, they get Carson Wentz and the Colts' second round pick this year. So they swap second round picks. They send out a couple of threes. Adam, I'm just going to let you have the floor, and then I'll, I'll put my opinion in afterwards. But go ahead, take it away. Yeah, so I'm excited about this. Um, I don't know how. Washington is justifying what what they just did. Um, the fact that Wentz's value after this past season only went down that much is a shock to me personally. Um, so first and foremost, there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a weird place to be in uh, for the Colts because there is no obvious successor here, right? 
Uh, it's clearly not Sam Ellinger. I hope, <laughs> I pray that it's not Sam Ellinger. Um, but they've got a, a chance to actually go out and get someone really interesting, or they could go out and get like Jimmy G. Uh, <laughs> that possibility is certainly uh, alive and well. Um, I don't know. As far as the ramifications of this from a, a fantasy perspective, I don't know. It might be a little worrying for, for Pittman, especially depending on who comes in. Um, Wentz was very willing to give him a lot of contested balls uh, that, you know, he may or may not get from someone else. Um, Wentz was very willing to overlook dump offs to Jonathan Taylor or Naeem Hines or really anyone shorter than five yards whenever the play broke down in favor of a deep shot to someone like Pittman. Um, that is very likely to go away. That seems to be the whole point that they're getting rid of him. Of course, there's the behind the scenes uh, potential locker room issues that are rumored, but those are rumors. So we're, I can't really bank on whether those are real or not. Of course, they you know traveled from Philly to Indy, but nonetheless, rumors. Um, so I, yeah, from the Colts side of things, uh, I, I see this as a, a pro for you know those running backs uh, for them getting more targets. Um, Kylan Granson, if he is indeed the one that stays at tight end with Doyle now retired, um, he could be in for a pretty solid year in year two, um, given that, um, you know, <laughs> those dump off passes are actually going to be there this year. Um, but yeah, Pittman could potentially see a decline unless there is a equivalent or better quarterback replacing Wentz. Um, otherwise it's just going to be the kind of guys that are, are on the shorter end of the field that kind of benefit here. Um, but as a Colts fan, I am very pleased to be off of the roller coaster that is the Carson Wentz experience because a lot of ups and downs and December was just all down. It was all down. <laughs> there were no ups in the month of December. And that to me is like the straw. Cause it's like the Russell Wilson thing, except for Carson Wentz never really saw the highs <laughs> that, Car- that Russell Wilson can get to. Uh, it was just we're on a roller coaster that doesn't really get that high, but can get very, very low. That's funny. So <laughs> I, here's what I'm going to say first, because I, I think I disagree with you, but I, I'm going to throw a caveat in with it. They have painted themselves into a corner where now they have to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's think about this logically. The quarterbacks that are out there and available, none in free agency, and they don't have a first-round pick, and even if they did, this is not really the quarterback class you're looking for a franchise guy anyway. So what's available to you? Well, Deshaun Watson. Well, you need a first-round pick to get it to Deshaun Watson, even if you wanted to go trade for him. So that's that's out of the picture. You don't have that. There's no way they're giving him up to the Colts that don't have a first-round pick. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota's adamant that they're going to keep Kirk Cousins, that Kevin O'Connell wants Kirk Cousins this year. Okay, fine. So they're not they're not really looking to move on from him. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only one that you can get now is Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, there's been a lot of talk that to get Jimmy G, it would probably take a second round and maybe a couple other picks. 
they're now in position to do that because now you have you swap with Washington, so you have the higher second round pick. Now you have the extra third round pick next year and this year to go along with it. So the argument can be made that they have the ammunition to go after Jimmy Garoppolo. If they do that, then fine. I have no problem with the move that they decide to make if they, in fact, just want to move on from Carson Wentz. If they don't, this team is in a hell of a pickle because that means, at best, they're going to have a stopbridge quarterback at, at best. This is a team that needs to make the playoffs. The AFC South is terrible. Frank Reich will be gone. So will the GM, by the way, if they don't make the postseason next year. Will be gone. You put yourself in a position where it's either Jimmy G or bust, in my opinion. That's what has to happen for the Indianapolis Colts now. Has to. Carson Wentz wasn't that bad. I get it. Everyone remembers not beating Jacksonville to get in the postseason, which I totally understand. Look, if I was an AMS Colts fan like you, I don't know if I'd be able to forgive him for that either. I get it. But every statistical category, every efficiency category, he was better than Phillip Rivers the year before. He was an improvement overall at the quarterback position than what you had in Phillip Rivers, which is what ultimately you trade him to be, just to be better than Phillip Rivers. The game, some of the games Colts lost, especially early on in the year, were not Wentz's fault. And I don't think he was in a fair position because Michael Pittman and what was the Colts' weapons as far as the throw to? I don't think he had the biggest arsenal in the world. So, look, I, and I'm not defending that. Again, them losing to Jacksonville, unforbi- unforgivable. The way Wentz played in that game, I get it. From a face perspective, he was QB 14. Really wasn't that bad for a guy that supposedly was awful last year, which is what the narrative has been. So I really think the Colts have painted themselves into a corner where they either get Jimmy G or you're going to see a whole new organizational change come towards 2023. It's one or the other. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as like the NFL side of the things, that standpoint. Michael Pittman, I'm with you. If they get a guy like a Jimmy G, I think he'll be fine, ultimately, because he'll, he'll latch on to whatever target he has available to him. And the Colts right now, they got to figure out some other weapons. They're talking about T.Y. Hilton coming back. That can't be plan A. That can't be plan A. But even if it is, for Michael Pittman, he'll be in a position no matter what. He'll probably be the number one targeted option. I don't see the Colts being overly aggressive in free agency. Even if they draft somebody, it'll still be Pittman first. And honestly, Pittman reminds me a lot of an Adam Thielen, where he might be even better if he gets to be the 1B to somebody's 1A. If you, can, if you can get a flashier guy that people have to pay attention to to the outside that can take the top off the field, that would be perfect for Pittman because then he can be the bigger slot receiver. He can operate in the intermediate part of the field. Maybe get a little bit better and more targeted in the red zone if he has some attention taken away from him. So them adding somebody, I don't think necessarily hurts Michael Pittman, but if they don't get a Jimmy G quarterback, it's really going to go downhill fast for him, I believe. So that's where I'm at with the Pittman and the impact that Wentz has. For Taylor, he's getting the ball come hell or high water. It'll just be a matter of how good's the offense. So I'm not really too concerned about him as of this moment. On the flip side of this on Washington, I think this is probably one of the best moves that they can make. They didn't have to give up a first-round pick to do it. Carson Wentz is the best quarterback they've had since what? Kirk Cousins? I have to say, which has been a long time since they've had him at this point. And I don't even look at this so much as a Carson Wentz thing to commanders. I look at I look at Terry McLaurin. 
Terry McLaurin, how happy were we last year when we thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the quarterback? We all thought McLaurin was going to have his fantasy breakout. That's what we thought. And it wanted, it turned to Taylor Heineke. It was absolutely dreadful for him all the way through. But just the idea of Ryan Fitzpatrick being a competent quarterback down the field made us all tingle inside for Terry McLaurin. I, I think Carson Wentz is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially on the ball down the field. And if anything showed you about Michael Pittman, you mentioned the contested balls. Going back to Terry McLaurin, I'm back on the full board, all ahead, McLaurin's value going through the roof both for next year and in dynasty where are you at on that side of things no i full i fully agree with uh the mclaurin take uh absolutely i think that he they are great fit together uh, <laughs> uh heineke clearly did not have the arm uh to really be successful uh throwing deep that that often uh and i think that is where wentz can be successful um, I also think that it's going to be pretty big for Logan Thomas uh, as well. Um, Wentz has had a lot of success with his tight ends when he's had good good weapons at tight end. Um, so that's certainly uh, a piece that I think is going to do really well. Um, where my concern on the Washington side is would definitely have to be the people that are waiting for this Antonio Gibson breakout as a receiver. That's gone. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not. Uh, what McKissick back or not really doesn't matter it him as a receiver unless that they can start figuring out some designed ways to do it because the checkdowns aren't coming <laughs> they're, they're just not <laughs> that, that part i'm gonna be interested to be because scott turner does design checkdowns within his offense to your point though Wentz not known for being a checkdown quarterback never was i i don't i feel like you'd have to fight his nature to make that happen so i i'm with you on that now could getting rid of J.D. McKissick maybe open up an extra two targets a game, and that might be enough for Antonio Gibson to be the RB1 you're hoping him to be, or at least a version of it, potentially. But, yeah, from that standpoint, I do think the hope that Gibson turns into this great receiver or turns into this Christian McCaffrey type of player, I'm with you on that. I do think that, kind of, that tends to go out the window uh, a, a little bit. I'm big as Harry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, depending upon – when he's able to return next year. Maybe it's not a 2022 thing. Maybe it's a 2023 thing, depending upon where his recovery is going to be since he had the ACL injury later on in the season. But to me, for Washington, they had to make a move. The NFC East is right for the taking. It's not a good division. Cowboys never play up the potential. Eagles were a fluke. Giants still suck. I think it was actually a good NFL trade for them to make as well. And it'll be interesting to see Carson Wentz heading back to uh, the NFC East. But like I said, he finished a QB 14. He was my QB 15 as far as consistency rate goes. So he's that solid end QB two. I don't think that really changes from a fantasy perspective. So if you're in two quarterback leagues, I think Carson Wentz is fine to have in that super flex spot. The big thing, like I said, is Terry McLaurin. Last year, he was outside the top 36 in both my consistency and in points per game. If there's any residual effects whatsoever from the poor performance he had last year, or even the fact that a lot of people are not excited about Carson Wentz's ability, even though they just those, those are the people that are ignoring the numbers, uh, make sure you jump on Terry McLaurin if you have the opportunity to do so to steal him. That's the big thing for him. Uh, anything else in this trade that I'm missing? No. Uh, that covers, yeah, that covers what I had. 
notes. Okay, good. Because I, I do want to talk about Mike Williams before we have to get out of here. Yeah. So he re-signs with the Chargers, three-year, $60 million deal. Now, it's backloaded. So it's $14 million this year, 19 next year, 27 in year three. He's never going to see that, whether it's getting cut or restructuring, whatever the case may be, he's never going to see the year three deal. So to me, I'm looking at this as more of a $33 million deal over the next two years for Mike Williams. First of all, just from a fan standpoint, a fantasy standpoint, were you happy that Mike Williams stayed with the Chargers? From a fantasy point? Fan or fantasy, yeah. From a fantasy point, absolutely. I, I think it's a good fit for him. Um, because he can be that kind of what you're saying with Pittman. This is him being in that more Pittman role where he gets to be that one B to high end two, um, where, where I think he can really shine. Um, you know, obviously he's going to have that injury that's going to keep popping up. I think that we could, at this point we can just go ahead and accept that that's a thing that's going to happen with him. However, when he is fully healthy uh, with Herbert, I think like they are a very very good match together. Um, you know they. Herbert needs to figure out, um, I don't know, a, a little, be a little less predictable, um, you know, to be a little more buried. Um, that being said, again, I think they're a really good match together. Um, so I, I think having him for another two years, yeah, I think it's a good move by the Chargers. Again, the money to me doesn't make any amount of sense. I don't like the contract from an NFL standpoint, but I do think the Chargers needed to bring him back. Mike Williams is a key piece for uh, Justin Herbert's development. Yeah, I, I'm. I feel so torn on this one. I, I I really do. The Mike Williams. I felt torn on him last year. On one hand, you had the hot start at the beginning of the year, where it's like, oh, this is what happens when he's allowed to have a full receiver route tree, when he's healthy, and it was like everything was going good for Mike Williams, and then he picks up a knee injury, and it wasn't even a significant one. He only missed one game last season. The fact that it was enough to knock him off his game and turn him back into the Mike Williams at old for basically the rest of the season is my issue here. Why they, why you pay this guy this much money? He's really only ever been a boom or bust wide receiver his entire career. Last year, wound up being no exception. And because you have to deal with the knee injury that always flares up, I highly question them giving him that kind of money, especially given some of the guys that might be available to them. Do I think it's the worst fit in the world? No. For Mike Williams himself, I feel torn what his fantasy value is. Ultimately, he wound up being a wide receiver three. Now, it was a hell of a topsy-turny type of wide receiver three finish to his season, but that's all. he ultimately finished where he normally is to begin with. I think we kind of have to just accept maybe that is what he is, whether it's by you know injury or inconsistent usage, whatever the case, and not talent, whatever the case may be, I think we kind of have to accept that that's just what he is. And so I, for me, I was actually a little bit upset that he stayed. I know that with the Chargers, he gets to stay the number two option, the 1B, the King Allen's 1A, and you can make the argument the target should come, but they just still didn't come very consistently. Even last year, they didn't come necessarily very consistently after week six. I kind of wanted to see what would happen if he found himself in a different situation with a different offense, especially like, I didn't know he's going to get paid this much, so maybe this never would happen. But a Green Bay had come to my mind initially. Uh, you know, I can't stay cheap, depending on how much money he wanted, came to my mind. I just would be curious to see what happened if he wound up in one of those type of situations, what he could have been. But now that he's going to be locked in, I will say this. I don't anticipate the Chargers getting anybody 
anybody else of significance to take away volume from him or from McKeon Allen. I think you're just going to see Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton. You're going to see those guys duke it out who can develop into the best wide receiver three and then kind of go from there. Uh, maybe ta- maybe Donald Parham is able to develop into the tight end that he can be. It, those things are all up in the air. So I was a little disappointed, I think, from a fantasy and a fan standpoint that he stayed with the Chargers. I don't think it's a bad situation, but I think we just have to accept that he's a wide receiver three until he just adamantly proves us otherwise. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty excellent take on him. I mean, uh, like you said, by injury, uh, whether it's talent or just, you know, he's going to get hurt. That might just be where he is. Um, but on the other hand, the the type of guys who are the high talent, who get the high points per game when they are healthy, um, as far as a wide receiver three goes, you kind of like having one of those on your team because at least you know you're going to get the higher points per game when they are healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the big key about that, more so why I belabor that point, is just making sure you draft him or trade for him accordingly to the value. Don't draft him or trade for him as a guy that you think like, oh, he has this big potential because he popped here and he's going back to the Chargers. And now all of a sudden I got a guy who could be a high-end wide receiver too. And you draft him as such. Because I do think that might happen to some degree this upcoming year because a lot of people are going to point to that first five-week stretch and just be like, oh, what happens if he doesn't hurt the knee and then boost his value up and overdraft him? So that's more of my thing of bringing up for the fans there. Just make sure you're valuing him correctly, and you'll be fine. He's definitely a fantasy-relevant option at a wide receiver three position who can give you some pop. I'm just going to read through the other guys real quickly. Chris Godwin, he gets franchise tag. We'll have to see they're trying to work out a contract deal with him. Dalton Schultz got franchised. That's a little bit interesting to me. I don't think we have time to get into it right now, though. Michael Gallup expected to resign with the Cowboys. Amari Cooper probably on his way out. That's something we'll talk about next week. And David Njoku signs an extension. Also something else I will make sure we bring up next week as well. Adam, where can everybody follow you at? And what's something coming up for you work-wise that we can all look at? Yeah, so uh, go ahead and follow me. My name's like centered on me right here, <laughs> right here. At <laughs> uh, LaRue Adam on Twitter. Uh, definitely go uh, check me out. Um, and and like Dan plugged earlier, uh, the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show um, should be returning here soon. I need, need to get with uh, my man Chris about uh, a specific date, but it's definitely upcoming uh, leading up to the draft, kind of giving our, um, you know, our prospect profiles, our, you know, rankings of the prospects going into the draft. Uh, and, and then we'll take the offense off season from there. Of course, we'll have free agency as well. So a lot of fun things happening in the football world um, the last couple days. Uh, and then we're go- I think we're going to have a lull here for a second. And then it's we're off the races with the fun part of the offseason. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, make sure you follow us on social media. Check us out on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back next Wednesday at the same time with a new episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, 
prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.